When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Are you tired of working nine to five? Are you tired of your dreams going unfulfilled? Are you still letting fear stop you from pursuing that business idea? Well, all that stops today. I'm Shawnee Sanders, host of the Girl Take No podcast, a podcast for ambitious women looking to ditch their nine to five and take the leap into entrepreneurship. Each week, you will learn the mindset, methods, and actionable steps other successful entrepreneurs took to make the shift from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur and live the life they always dreamed of. Now let's get into today's episode. Have a really good show. So we have Tracy, I'm sorry, we have Kendra Swalls. Don't call you Tracy, Kendra. I'm so sorry. No, Let's fine. tell you where my mind is. I was just talking to my friend, Tracy. Uh, we have Kendra Smalls on the show. You're she good. is a wife. She's a mom of two. She is also an entrepreneur, a photographer, and she is an expert when it comes to using social media to build your brand. Kendra, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. I'm for excited me. too. I'm excited I think to this is an here. important topic because although social media is so relevant in our lives today, people still don't know how to use it to help build their brand. You know, and people still look for strategies. It's still a very heavily searched topic. So I'm glad we're getting into this today. But before we jump into it, I want you to give me the story behind the brand. Tell me why you decided to get into, um, you know, helping people, coaching people in social media, helping them build their brands on social media. Yeah. So, well, for starters, Ooh. I was a teacher for 14 years. So that was my original yeah. like, career path was education. I was an elementary school teacher. So teaching and helping people is just kind of in my nature. It's I've always been that way. And then I left teaching in 2017 to run mm-hmm. my photography business full time. And in the process of building that business, it was about five years in the making. I created a community of other photographers and female mm-hmm. entrepreneurs that I had connected with. So when I left my teaching career um, to run my business, a lot of them came and were like, 
tell me what you did. Like, how were you able to make this happen? I want to leave my nine to five. Like I want to be doing this too. And so I started doing like little mentor sessions and kind of just like sharing information. Mm. I tried blogging for a little while. I was like, well, this could be a good way to sort of get my information out there. So I'm not repeating myself all the time to everybody realized pretty quickly (laughs) blogging was not not everybody. (laughs) And I just feel like, yeah, no, you have to find what works for you. And for me Mm -hmm. talking, so starting a podcast and doing like social media, that was more up my alley. And so it kind of fed into my background of teaching. And so in 2019, I was like, you know what, I really like doing this and it merges my passion for teaching my natural ability and my love of helping people grow a business Mm -hmm. because through building my photography business, I had really fallen in love with marketing and the idea of let me come up with really fun, creative ways to get my business in front of other people. And so it just was like a perfect little marriage of the things that I loved. And so I started the girl means business brand and the podcast. So, that and is awesome. I love a backstory there. behind how people start their businesses, their brands. I love a backstory because I feel like that's the thing that a lot of people can resonate with is with the story behind the brand. So thank you so much for telling us why you became who you are right now. With girl means business. I like it. Um, did you always see yourself as an entrepreneur or did you think that, Hey, I just kind of fell into this. Yeah, I kind of just fell into it. It's funny because looking back, my Mm -hmm. parents were kind of entrepreneurs. My mom um, took over a family business that had been in our family for generations, and she ran that business on her own. My dad came in as a partner later on. Um, And so it was kind of this idea of like, I had this Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial role model, but I never thought of it that way because I guess she had kind of taken over this already established business. Um, but I yeah. always had been very independent. And so the idea of having to <laughs> sort of answer to somebody else was not ideal. But at the same time, I was always that safe kid of like, I'm going to follow the safe path. Mm-hmm. And the safe path for me, like I said, was teaching. You know, you have job security, you have summers off sort of. Um, you know, it's this sort of stable, like yeah. safe job to have. And it wasn't until... Um, I really yeah. started, there's a lot of backstory here and I won't get to all of it, but a lot of like self-reflection and deep diving into who I am to realize that I am willing to take the rest in order to live a life I want to live. And so yeah. that's where the entrepreneur piece came in. So it definitely wasn't something I expected or ever thought I would do. Um, if I were to go back to like 20 year old me and be like, <laughs> this is what you're doing, I'd probably laugh at you, but it's it's definitely what I've I feel like now I've always been meant to Wasn't do. Was it scary I just to make that transition that. from full time employee over into okay I'm gonna do girl means business full time photography all that stuff? Was it hard to make that decision? Or was it scary to make that decision? Mm-hmm. It was definitely scary, and I. <sighs> I didn't do it the way that I probably would tell people to do it where it's like have six months of save money saved up or all this kind of stuff. I was like, and I'm someone who I tend to lead with my heart. And I was like, I just had this gut reaction of like, I can't keep doing what I'm Mm -hmm. doing because I'm not, I'm not happy here. Um, And I had a really great job. I I was happy with my job. I wasn't happy with just like how I felt in that job. 
And so leaving that, I knew that I, as long as I had that safety net Mm -hmm. of that nine to five safe job, I was never going to reach my full potential in my business. So I had to remove that safety net in order to see like, what can I really do here? And luckily, like I removed it and I was like, okay, now I have to make this work. And that's what really pushed me into making it what it is now. And but if I, if I kept that safety net, I don't yeah, think I so would have been where I am that. I was just having this conversation with a girlfriend and she talked about a business that she started and she felt like she couldn't really give it her all. And, you know, she looked at it as, as, as it failed. And I told her it didn't fail. You just wasn't able to put as much time into it you want. But she said, you know what? She mentioned the same thing you said. She said, you know what? If I would have just, if I would have left of my job, it would have forced me to make this work because this would have been my income. This would have been what I needed to bring it in. And like you said, it's not the most ideal way for people to do things, but it is some truth behind if I leave the the so-called safety net of this full-time job, um, then I have to really rely on myself. I have to rely on my own skills to do what I need to do in order to feed the kids, bring in the income and do what I have to do and be a partner in this, in this family and support it. So it's so funny you mentioned that because we were just talking about that. So when getting started on your entrepreneur journey, um, even as a photographer before you even, because you did photography before you jumped into the girls mean business, what challenges you think you faced Mm -hmm. getting, being on that journey? Oh my gosh, so many. I mean, I went into it yeah. not knowing anything about what I was doing. I didn't know anything. Like when I started my photography business, I had no clue how to run a business, how to do, <laughs> do photography. And it was all brand new. And so a lot of it was like learning mm-hmm. through doing it and making mistakes and trying something else. I would say the biggest challenge for me, two biggest challenges. One has been mm-hmm. my own self-confidence is I, I, there were a lot yeah. of times where I was just in my head, you know, I was like, okay, I, I, the negative self-talk, the doubts, all those things really, really crept on. And I think because it's being mm-hmm, an entrepreneur is, is such an isolating thing. Sometimes it's not like when I was teaching and I could go to the, to the school and I had, you know, 20 other teachers around me to have conversations yeah. with and like bounce ideas off of and brainstorm. When you're doing this by yourself, those thoughts kind of creep in even more and they get louder and louder because you don't have that support system all the time around you. So that was a big struggle. And then the other thing was just the idea of it's now all on me. And so even the Mm -hmm. things that I don't enjoy doing, (laughs) I still have to do. (laughs) Like, I can't not do them. There's nobody else to blame. Like, it's, there's nobody to blame, but there's also nobody. I mean, like, all the, the celebrations on Mm -hmm, you as well mm -hmm. because you're like oh I did that thing and you get to take all the credit but at the same time you're like oh I also have to be bookkeeper Mm -hmm. and social media manager and editor and content creator and all these things and that may not always be what you are strongest at so it's there's a lot of balance at all being a busy mom you know um because we know with kids and having kids it can really take up a lot of time especially you have active kids like I do how do you balance it with being a mom Mm -hmm. entrepreneur doing your photography how do you how do you keep it all together Kendra (laughs) (laughs) oh boy I don't Ultimately, I don't. Now, I have just learned that there is, um, there's really no like perfect balance. Like if we try to think of everything as being equal, it's never going to be equal. And so I've allowed myself to kind of give myself grace and say, 
right now I'm in a season of, um, mm-hmm. you know, my kids are all are both in school full time and I can really dedicate my days to my work. Yeah. And then my evenings are for them with sports and activities. Now in the summer when they're home all the time, I shift that. And it's like my focus now is on spending time with them mm-hmm. because they're 11 and seven and I still want to do things with them yeah, in the they summer and they still want to spend time yes. with me. So I'm going <laughs> to cherish that while I can. And so I give myself permission to kind of let things in my business kind of take the back burner a little bit. And I do have ways mm-hmm. of like, you know, with my podcast, I get all of my episodes yeah. for the summer uploaded and ready to go. So they're done. I don't have to focus on that. And I give, you know, I tell my kids, like I have work hours during the summer, like we do something in the morning, we do something in the afternoon, but middle of the day, we come mm-hmm. home and we have rest time and I get work done. So it's about understanding the seasons that you're in, whether it's for years yeah. at a time, like if you have an infant at home, that's the season you're in, you're not going to have as much time. But recognizing that and then just giving yourself the grace to say that it's okay if work takes precedence sometimes. Yeah. And then if I your think family that's part of it is just sometimes. that mom guilt we get sometimes if we give too much of our right, too much of our oh, time to something and we feel like, oh, I'm not giving them enough time. I got to give them some of my time. So it is it's a balancing act. Um since I started the podcast, it's been a lot of work, you know, and it has been a lot of me working while everyone is in school, even while my husband is at work. It's like, okay, I get all this done while nobody's here and nobody's asking me for snacks. Nobody's asking me for, <laughs> when am I going to have lunch? What's for dinner? Can you help me with this? So it's so much better. And being able to find yep. that time and managing that time wisely is really is helpful because I have to schedule it on my calendar to know that this is the time I set for content creation for everything that I'm doing, because that's the only way I can stay sane. Like, honestly, that's the only way I can do it. (laughs) Yes. And to-do list. I have so many to-do lists, like, Mm -hmm. because if I don't write it down, Mm -hmm. it does not stay in my Mm -hmm. head anymore. I have to write it down or it's not I have to write questions down because if I don't write questions down. (laughs) Yeah. And I rely on my own mind and memory to go off. I'll be sitting here like, oh, um, what did I want to ask you again? And so that's what I do. (laughs) Okay, let's jump into social media. You know, first thing, how important is social media when it comes to building a brand? Like, how important is it? I mean, I think it's pretty important. I wouldn't say it's necessarily like Mm -hmm. everything when it comes to building a brand, but we are like... I think back to when my mom yeah. was building this business that she was running and like their primary way of advertising was through like the phone book. Like they literally at one point considered changing the name of their business because their name, their business name started with a end. W, which meant they were like at the end of the alphabet of the phone book. She's like, well, maybe we should change it to like <laughs> something with an A or a B, you know, cause that's how marketing worked. It was the phone book or you had like print yeah. ads and magazines that cost a ton of money. And so I was having this conversation with her recently and she was like, you just go and post something on, on social media and like thousands of people, millions of people potentially have the Mm -hmm. ability to see it and it's free. So we have this gift of the social media. And so I think utilizing it for your business is really important because otherwise you're going to be, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's other ways to market your business, obviously, but Again, it's a free platform where you have the potential to reach millions of people around the globe who could potentially want to work with you or buy from you. And so not giving that the time and energy 
is almost like saying like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to advertise my business at all. Um, you know, like why not utilize these incredible yeah, I, tools I think that it's we so have available to us? Do you think social media validates a business today? Because a lot of time, that's mainly where we search. Like we search YouTube, we search Instagram, we'll search Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, we really search all these different platforms to find businesses, people, places. Um, do you think now social media validates more so than a website does today? I do, because I think that like the perfect example is there's a restaurant in town where I live (laughs) and I can never tell if it's open because I'm like, there's very few cars there. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, are you, are you not? And so I went on searching for them Mm -hmm. and their website was not up to date. I mean, it had like basic information and like their menu, but then I went and found them on Facebook because that's, they weren't on Instagram, but they were on Facebook and that had like updated information. They were under construction. They were remodeling. So they weren't open at the time. So I feel like social media is more where people go to find Mm -hmm. like the up-to-date current information. Your website is still very beneficial because that's how you try, you know, get found through Google searches, things like that. Although social media is SEO friendly now too, but I do think that especially with younger generations, they go to Instagram and so and Facebook and TikTok and all that, maybe not Facebook, but they go to Instagram and TikTok and all those places like yeah. before they probably even go search on Google. So yes, I definitely think it validates your business and it helps people to see mm-hmm. like one, you're still in business because you're actively engaging on there. And it's yeah. more when like it comes current to Instagram, um, how important is that is your bio? Because I've seen a lot of different videos that talk about how important your bio is, how to have certain keywords in it, because now those are searchable. How important it is to have a very well-defined mm-hmm. bio. So when people land on your page, they know exactly what you do and what you offer. Oh, yeah. You know, your bio is mm-hmm. like your business card on Instagram. Like that's what people are. And you have a very short little space, yeah. small space, only limited characters to really convey. And the problem I see a lot of people doing here, two problems is one, <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody here, but if you're like dog mom, coffee lover, I'm like, I don't need to know that. Like that's stuff you can put into your stories and stuff. But I want to yeah. know what can you do for me? Cause that's the second thing is about people like they're making mm-hmm. it their bio all about them. They're like, I have a degree in this, or I'm certified mm-hmm. in all these letters that nobody knows what they mean or, you know, whatever. But I, when I'm coming to someone's bio yeah. to see, is this someone I want to follow? My first exactly. question is what's in it for me. And so making sure that your bio really conveys like how you are going to help somebody and who your ideal audience is then the more likely you are to have people click the follow button as opposed to, you know, the Mm -hmm. generic, like I'm a mommy blogger and I love coffee (laughs) and target and all the thing, you know, and you're just like, that's great. Exactly. Oh my God. (laughs) I know it's a lot of people that have those type of descriptions, but it's good. You said that you write your description, your um, bio for your ideal customer, a client versus yourself. And I think that's, that is a very key, important piece to have. Um, How important is, you know, I've, I've been, I saw a lot of different debates about your username versus the name you put in your bio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the deal about that? Can you tell me which one is it you should you like, how does it go? Because so many people feel like, oh, well, don't put your um, your actual name as your username or even don't put your actual name as your profile name. Put it as, yeah. I don't know, blogger and where you're from. Like, so what is the what's what is the best practice there? 
So I would say, mm-hmm. what are people searching for that you want to be found as? So for me, for example, my mm-hmm. username is Girl Means Business because I that is my brand. That is what everybody, like if you're searching for my mm-hmm. content, you're searching by that. That's the podcast name. That's my website name. That's what I, you know, yes. go by kind of out in the world. So now if I were presenting myself, my, like my person as a brand, so like a good friend of mine, she's trying to kind of brand herself as a speaker. And so mm-hmm. she wants people to know her by her name. And then all of her stuff kind of falls mm-hmm. under the umbrella of who she is. And so she has changed her username to her actual name. So it's it's kind of a personal preference, but it's also what do you yeah. want people to, to know you as? Um, do you want them to recognize your business name? And maybe you're going to have like employees or you're going to have other people that might be mm-hmm. kind of showing up in your business. Or do you want to be known as yeah. you, the person, are the brand? And then that title line, that bolded line in your bio, that is where... It is searchable. That is one of the main searchable things. So you do want to make sure you're using keywords there. Now Mm -hmm. on mine, I put my name in there because some people will Mm -hmm. search for me by my name, Kendra Swalls. And I want that to show up because it's not in my title. So if you're you're in my username, if my username is your business, then I would at least put your first name somewhere in your bio so people know who it is that they are communicating with, who they're connecting with. Um, and then tell them like, yeah, like if you have a local business, so for my photography business, I'm in the Dallas area, I'm going to put like Dallas, Mm -hmm. you know, photographer, or, um, you know, if you're out of, you know, Denver, you might put like Denver virtual assistant or whatever. If you, if you're local, if you are more, you know, generalized, like you can kind of work with anybody anywhere, definitely using those keywords like marketing expert or mm-hmm. um, I know something like Instagram coach for and then whoever it is you help serve. Um, so those are the keywords kind of like saying like, what is it? How do you describe what your yeah. job title is? And then oh, use that. That's a good that, one. That and I know we kind of like line. these are kind of like in the we question type of questions, but I think it's important because people people really mm-hmm. don't know. Like I've talked to a lot of people, and they really and I told them I said, "Listen, I'm going to show. It's all about how to use Instagram to build your business, market your business. You should definitely listen because they don't even know where to start. You know, they have an Instagram page, but yet there's really nothing yeah. on it. You know, and let's talk about niche. You know, some people say you need to find a niche. Some people say, "Oh, you don't have to have a niche." What do you What do you tell most clients? I always say the the more niche you are, the better. And that is scary. And I will, I mean, I will admit personally, it took me a long time to get to the point where I yeah. even felt comfortable taking my own advice yeah. on this because it's scary. It really is because you're yes. like, well, but I want to be able to help everybody. So for, you know, and like, and even in my photography business, I was the same way. I was like, I will photograph <laughs> your hamster if you're going to pay yeah. me. Like, I don't care. But once you really start narrowing down a specific niche and your content is all focused on that niche, one, people Mm -hmm. know what to expect when they come to your page. So let's say that you are, um, you know, your account is all about cooking. There's a ton of things you could cook. You know, you could one day show a dessert. The next day you're showing like, um, you know, some kind of really a steak dish, you're grilling outside, you're baking chicken mm-hmm. in the oven, like there's all these different things. But if if people come to your account, and you're like, I focus on making, um, yeah, I don't know, healthy family meals in under 30 yes. minutes, 
that's your niche, then I know every single time I go to that account, I'm going to get content on that specific niche. Um, and so that's really, really helpful. And it, it's one of those things, again, that like people will either love you or not mm-hmm. feel like they need you. And that's totally fine. It's okay to repel some people. But having that really specific niche um, is going to attract more people yeah. than it's probably going to repel. Um, and you're going to have people follow you. Like I specialize in helping photographers. I have a ton of people who mm-hmm. follow me on Instagram who are not photographers. They buy my products. They've offered, you know, they've asked to work with me. They download mm-hmm. my free guide. They're on my email list. Um, and they still get value from me, even though they are not specifically in my yeah. like, you know, narrowed down niche. So I find it really helpful. Again, it's one of those things where I you almost have to like work your yeah, way towards yeah. it, like it's baby steps it at is. the time because it is really scary. You know, it's hard to, to yeah. Try and to I think a lot like of times people, people are just starting out with Instagram, or even if they had an Instagram page for a while, I think defining a niche is probably one of the hardest things for them to do and going through that process, try to figure out yeah. well, who, who are my people? Who's, who are my tribe? Who are my clients? And how mm-hmm. do I find them on, um, on Instagram? And let's talk about Instagram reels, just short yeah. form content, video content, and how important it is today. And how do you get a client or someone who's like camera shy that don't want to be on camera? How do you get them to understand? Well, first tell us how important reels are. And then how do you get that camera shy person to, to kind of go into that world of video to say, it's okay to be on camera. This is your brand. You have to promote it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think reels mm-hmm. are, are definitely important. Um, I mean, short form video and video content in general these days are yeah. kind of the king of content. Um, I, people, that's what people want to consume. We've seen content evolve from like when Twitter first yeah. came out and it was just written text and then Facebook was just mm-hmm. written text. Then we moved into photos. Then we moved into, you know, like groupings of photos and then like gifts and yeah. things like that. And now we're moved on to yeah. video. So it's just an evolution of content. People like video for so many different reasons. One is that it's quick and mm-hmm. easy to consume the short form content, short form video. Um, it's usually kind of entertaining, but also it helps you to feel like you're really connecting to somebody as opposed to, you know, like here's just some static text that feels very like disconnected yeah. from the person creating the content. The video content, whether you show your face on the on the video or not, it's still you creating the content. Um, you know, I, there's an account that I follow that she does like, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a, she, so she does like artwork and all it's, it's always just for, shot from above. So I just see her hands, but even just through that, mm. I'm like, Oh, this is really like fascinating. And I, in a lot of times she'll do voiceovers in her own voice. And I feel like <laughs> I now like know her a little bit better as opposed to if all she posted was her finished products, I'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, they're, they're guy, They're good. They're fine. But getting to see the process of it and hearing her voice and watching her work, it builds a whole different level of that trust and that like factor that ultimately gets somebody to buy yeah. into who you are as a brand. No, no, no. Now I'm for just someone, I'm just it all oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but if there's somebody, because I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I didn't want to do reels in the beginning. I was like, this is not. I know. Like, I have to actually God, put on makeup each day and record. I just don't want to do this. <laughs> It's a lot. (laughs) So I would say for one, 
most people go into it feeling Mm -hmm. not confident about it. So you don't have to start with the confidence. Mm. The confidence comes by doing it. So the more you do it, the more confident you get. If you're someone who's like, I just, I don't even like to put myself on Instagram photos, much less on a video. There's so many different ways you can do faceless videos. So like I mentioned the one where, you know, Mm -hmm. she shows her hands doing something. Um, If you do like a time lapse, like some people will even put like, like their phone up on a tripod in the corner of the room and just do like a distance, like mm-hmm. time lapse of you working on something and then put text over it. Um, doing a voiceover using your own voice is another way to do it. Like on top of, you know, your process or your work or a product or a service you offer, um, you know, getting behind the scenes content where it's not like you actually facing the camera and yeah. having, you know, talking into the camera. Those are ways to kind of get yourself comfortable. And again, the more you do it, the more you're like, okay, I've done this and I've gotten good results and I feel good with this. Let me try one where I'm talking mm-hmm. to the camera or where I'm doing a voiceover or where I'm, you know, have whatever. You don't have to yes. dance. You don't have to dance and point. You don't have to do like all the trendy things. That's the great thing I think right now with short form video is that it's becoming very much about you do it yes. the way you want to do it. There are no rules. There are no like you need to follow the structure. You create the content the way you want to create the content and then let it evolve. And, and what's so funny about Reels is that I probably consume content that nobody's in. It's maybe I'm watching somebody cook and they just got the camera on the, the food itself. And I get so consumed by those videos more so than ones yeah. where I see people on camera. And so you're right. You don't necessarily have to be oh, yeah. on camera. You could just show whatever it is you're doing because that's, I be, I'm captivated by that kind of stuff. I really am. I can't even lie about that. Oh yeah. Or the oh, ones yes. that are like the stop motion. I love, I somehow I got into like a rabbit hole of yes. one that was like home decor and it was all these stop motion videos of them yes. like decorating a shelf, a bookshelf or making a bed. And I'm like, this is fascinating. Yeah, and I'm very addicted to the video. ones where I see people cleaning. And they don't talk, but they're just cleaning. And I'm just like, one, I don't know how they stay so organized with kids. I wish I could be that organized. And their pantries, I get so (laughs) amazed by that kind of stuff. But it's such great content and it's really Mm -hmm. useful. And it's um, in a reach. What kind of reach do you get with Instagram reels? I know they're saying like, you know, do the Instagram reels, do the short form content. Your reach is so much greater than it would be, let's say, a static post. Yeah. So Instagram has recently Mm -hmm. kind of rebalanced how they're pushing content out. Mm -hmm. So for the last, what, two years, Reels have been by far the most reach of any piece of content. That's why I really got into them about a year ago. And um, now they're kind of rebalancing. They still get really good reach because that's what people are consuming. Um, It's the difference, in my opinion, between the reach you get on a Reel versus like a a carousel post or a, a image post on your feed is that most people who are scrolling reels are doing mm-hmm. it for entertainment value and they're not necessarily going to be the ones who like click over to your bio all the time. So you might get a lot of yeah. views on your content. I think the the reach is higher, the engagement's a little bit lower. Whereas with other forms of content now, um, like I know mm-hmm. carousels have been really big for me lately. Um, even like static, like yeah. those posts you see that look yeah, like a quote, you know, well or like too. a Twitter post or whatever. Yeah. Those are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So those may not get as much of a reach, like they're not getting as many eyes on it, but the ones who are looking at it are more engaged with it. Like they're commenting, they're liking, saving, sharing, all those things. Um, So it's kind of like I look at reels as when I create reels, the purpose is to get Mm -hmm. my content in front of a new audience, not necessarily to Mm -hmm. get it in front of the audience I already have. So my reels are to like outreach to new people. My feed content is for the people I already have. And then of course my stories is to build connections. So those are kind of the three places and the three ways that I sort of utilize those things. Um, It's good. I like that. But again, reels are, are honestly the best way to, currently reach like mm-hmm. people outside like of you your current that down. I don't think I've ever heard anyone break it down like that I mean like my reels is for new people my feed that I post that I post are people I currently have to nurture them and my stories are to build connections with my current um my current community I like that I'm a, I gotta make sure I remember yeah. that well it helps it helps too because for someone yeah. who's like that's a lot of content to create The way I look at it too is like if I put something on my feed in the form of a carousel post or a static post, I can then take that same piece of content and turn it into a reel, whether it's just like me talking or me doing something. And it's the same content just meant for different people. So you're not having to create different pieces of content. You're just repurposing them to go out to different places. That's cool. I was going to ask you about repurposing content, like how... How should you create? Should you always create content that you can repurpose? Yeah, I love like what I call like, well, I mean, I don't call it everybody else's too, but like evergreen content. So I try to create content that is Mm -hmm. not necessarily time specific so that I can kind I can go back and like there are weeks where I'm like, I just don't have the energy to create content. So I'll go back like six weeks, two months, three months or so. And I'll be like, okay, this posted really, really well. I'm literally Mm -hmm. going to just repost the same post because, or the same reel, because I have new people following me. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone didn't see it the first time. Maybe somebody needs a reminder of this and I'll just repost it. Other times I'll go in, I'll say, okay, that one did really well, but I kind of wanted to change it up and like use the same topic and use the same kind of ideas, but maybe present it in a different way or, take a different angle on it or go in a different direction this time. And so I'll just take the same concept and recreate it in a new way. Or like I said, use it on a reel as opposed to a carousel or talk about it in my stories or something like that. And so it's not necessarily, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time and you don't have to create brand new content Mm -hmm. every time for it to be effective. Um, And again, your average what is the average engagement rate on social media is like three to 5%. So only three to 5% of your audience Mm. saw it the first time you did it anyway. Mm. So don't be afraid to like re put it out there in different ways because they probably didn't see it. Let's talk about growth on Instagram because growth is like not easy to do. And I can say that one, because I just read, I just started my podcast page and it's growing. I feel like it's growing slowly. Like the reels views are very low. And, but yet on my shiny Sanders page, my reels views are like, off the charts. And I don't know it's because my girl techno page is still new, but let's just talk about growth strategies because I know that's one of the biggest questions that a lot of people want to know is how do I grow on Instagram? Why am I not getting likes? Why am I not getting engagement? Yeah. Well, I would say to start with that Mm -hmm. slow growth is still growth. Um, I think, you know, we get this idea and we see all these people who are posting and they're like, Oh, I, 
I posted this reel and yeah. I had like 30,000 followers overnight or within yeah. 10 days. That's insane. And to be honest, that mm-hmm. is the exception, not the standard. And so we have to reset our idea of growth to it's not necessarily about reaching mm-hmm. like 10,000 followers in the first month. As long as you are consistently yeah. bringing in new followers, then you're still doing good. Um, and I, you know, and we don't have to have thousands and thousands of views mm-hmm. and likes to be effective. So again, slow growth is still growth. I will say that some things that um, have been really helpful, like I said before, with with paying attention to what is mm-hmm. the purpose behind the content you're creating. So I'm creating this piece of content for what reason? What do I want the mm-hmm. user, the viewer to get from this? Um, again, if I'm creating a reel and my goal is to reach new people, yeah. then it's like it's brand awareness. So I may not create a reel that's going to be like super detailed or super like in depth. This may just be for entertainment. It might be like just like, hey, come follow me for more. Mm-hmm. Here's a quick tip. Come follow me for more tips. Um, and so kind of having a real purpose for your content yeah. as opposed to just throwing out content and then using really good calls to action. Um, I think a lot of times we are like, well, why is no one liking my post? (laughs) Well, you didn't ask them to like your post or why is no one following me? Well, you didn't tell them to follow you. I think about it. Like when I taught elementary school, you know, sometimes I had to like really break it down for my students to be like, I need you to pick up the blue crayon and then walk to the shelf and then put the blue crayon in the box that says blue crayons. And so our audience sometimes needs that too. They need us to be like, Hey, if you want more of this type of content, (laughs) click this button right here to follow me. (laughs) You know, um, anything, it sounds like we're trying, we're dumbing it down, but really like they need it to be that simple. And the less hoops they have to jump through, the easier you can make it for them to, to Mm -hmm. do something with your content, the better. Um, I see a lot of people are like, well, I get no comments on my post. I'm like, okay, I'll go look at it. And they'll say like, let me know your thoughts in the comments. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of this. I do it sometimes too. But I'm like, nobody <laughs> wants to leave their thoughts in the so comments. So you shouldn't ask that question. Like, people are like, <laughs> I don't have thoughts. <laughs> I, I, it's one of those things where yeah. it's like, it seems like a really good idea. But then you're like, well, but wait a minute. If someone were to say to me, leave your thoughts in the comments, I'm probably going to be like, I don't know. One, I don't know that I have any thoughts. Two, if I do... Like, is this, do I really want to go mm-hmm. into like typing out my thoughts here or yeah. would I rather just answer a quick question? So if you're looking for engagement in the form of like people commenting on your content, give them really simple, direct, like, would you rather A or B? What, you know, and then you can even say like, feel free to let me know why, or um, have you ever tried this before? Yes or no. Um, you know, just making it really, really simple, even something as simple as like, um, drop your favorite emoji in the comments below if you agree with this. And then people kind of, you know, that's an easy way to for people to engage. So making it as simple as possible and like giving them clear directions on how you want them to engage with your content. So hopefully Mm -hmm. that those combined will help you start to see more engagement, which will lead to more growth. And that's the thing I am growing every day. I can't say that. Every day I am getting new followers and you know how important it is to, let's say, cause I have, I'm on all the platforms and I know a lot of people say, listen, you don't need to be on all platforms. Mm-hmm. Just be on the platform that I guess you probably get the most engagement that you can build a community. And I noticed that 
I posted a piece of content because I watch my platforms carefully to see what performs well. Um, and I posted a piece of repurposed. So how is it okay to repurpose other people content? That's number one, right? And then I did that and it yeah. really blew up on TikTok, like skyrocketed my growth to like 13,000 followers in like a few, like a week. I was oh, so nice. surprised, but yet I posted the same content on Instagram and it, it got maybe like what, 50 views on it. <laughs> I feel like Instagram is yeah. so hard sometimes. <laughs> 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 yeah well yeah it's one of those things where like because I've seen this happen too and I've heard a lot of people say this they're like my yes. TikTok video did super well yeah didn't do well on Instagram or vice versa sometimes it does really well on Instagram and not great on TikTok or Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever um so yeah each platform definitely has its own audience which is why if you're able mm -hmm. to post to multiple platforms um, and repurpose that content, I, I say go for it because you never know when like you might post it on Instagram and by the, you know, you posted it that morning and the person you're one of the people, your audience yeah. wasn't on till the afternoon and they didn't see it. But if you posted on TikTok, they happen to be on TikTok that morning, they saw it. So you never know who's going to see it where. And I do think that people on TikTok are really um yeah willing to give out follows yeah. a lot more than they are on Instagram you know it's kind of like back in the day people yes. used to give out their email address all the time and now oh, you're like God. you really have to fight for you to be like I'm gonna <laughs> yes. give you something really freaking amazing and I hope you give me your real email address this time <laughs> that's how I feel like people are with Instagram follows it's like okay I'm gonna do everything mm -hmm. I'm gonna like do all the things and hope you follow me um, so yeah, I definitely think that like repurposing yeah. your stuff to other platforms is really helpful. Um, it's, you can't compare to platform to platform, yeah. I mean, you can, but it's apples to oranges. Um, and so just know, like you said, what, what does well on one may not do well on the other, vice versa. And then, um, yeah. re, yeah, resharing yeah, people's sharing. content mm -hmm. was the one you'd asked about too. Yeah. So I think that's a great strategy as long as you have permission mm -hmm. from that person to reshare their content. Um, I know that there's been a lot of accounts in the past mm -hmm. that have gotten kind of in trouble because they were building an entire account yeah, off of resharing other yeah. people's content. Um, yeah. And they weren't getting permission first. And so I think as long as it's one of those things where you're like, you reach out and you're like, Hey, mm -hmm. I really love this. I think my audience would love it. Do you mind if I reshare mm -hmm. it and, give you credit for it. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, that's fine. You know? Um, and so I think that's a great way to, you know, fill in content and get your, you know, people like, oh, okay, she, it's not necessarily your generated yeah. content, but it resonates with your brand. So as long as it's on brand on. Yeah. Niche, yeah. You know, it's I so funny. I totally do. Fine. I've seen, I used to see a lot of accounts that only do um, repurposing, resharing, I mean, of other people content, like they don't have anything original. They just build yeah. a whole brand around that. And they've been doing very well with it. So it's funny now that, yeah, a lot of people are going through, you know, that kind of thing where it's like, okay, you didn't get permission really. And now, you know, your account get taken down. That's the thing you yeah. really don't want. Um, when it comes to using Instagram, like I said, from one, the biggest thing I know, like I said, was growth. Um, how important is it to build that community, to capture someone's email? Because I know one, I know you have a lot of experience with email and I'm gonna have to have you back on the show to talk about that because I know a lot of people want to build their community and nurture their community outside of Instagram and be able to, to connect more with them. 
How hard is it? Like you just mentioned it. How hard is it to get them to click on that link in your bio and to get that email from them? And should that be one of your goals (laughs) as a business on Instagram? Yeah. Yes. So I tell people all the time, I'm like, social Mm -hmm. media is wonderful. I absolutely love it. However, when you are building your business on social media, you're building your business on borrowed land because we don't have control over a Mm -hmm. lot of things inside of those apps. In fact, we have very little control (laughs) over what happens inside those apps. And so the the sooner you can kind of move your Mm -hmm. audience off to your email list where you do have control and ownership over your list is, is the safe bet. Um, I always think back to like, was it early 2021, maybe when like Instagram and oh, Facebook yes. went down oh, for like an God. entire day? Yes, I remember we panicking. People felt like their <laughs> lives were just yes, over. Great, like <laughs> social. Yes. I mean, I, people were freaking out. They were like, I have promotional oh, posts to do today. God. I'm like, you're going to survive, I promise. But the ones who had an email list were the mm-hmm. ones who were, I mean, I got so many emails that day from yeah. people that I hadn't heard from in forever. I was like, oh, I still subscribe to you um, because they had built mm-hmm. that safety net of if Instagram or social media goes away, I yeah. still have a way to, to contact my people. And aside from being like a safety net for social media, I also think email is still yeah. one of the most powerful ways to market your business. And this yeah, is again, I'm going like to have you back talk about email. Do. I have to. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I love it. Yeah. And they're like 99.9% of successful businesses all mm-hmm. have an email system running in the background. It's just not yeah. the fun, like shiny thing to talk about. And it, it's not the instant gratification that social media is, but it is like that tried and true Um, like, Mm -hmm. you know, safety blanket Mm -hmm. in the background of your business. Um, Now, as far as getting people off Instagram and onto your email thing, um, two things I always tell people, one is the link in bio is really beneficial. Definitely. You know, Mm -hmm. and now that we have the ability to link in stories, that's really helpful too. Oh, you know what? That's a good tip. Utilize utilize that that too. Um, You know, yes. Utilize your link in bio and your link in stories a lot because a lot of times like getting people to go to your link in bio. Yeah. It takes a little more work because they have to stop what they're doing, click on your bio, Mm -hmm. click on your link, find, you know, especially if it's one of those like link trees or you have multiple things on there, find what they're looking for, click on it. Mm -hmm. It takes them outside of Instagram. It's a whole thing. So two things I recommend doing kind of in place of that is the link in your stories, Mm -hmm. because when you do that, it kind of opens up right away. They can sign up for your email list and then clear it out and go right back to what they were doing. The other thing I've started doing is keyword automation. And you've probably seen this. It's where people will post something and they'll say, comment mm-hmm. with the word free and mm-hmm. I'll send you my free guide to XYZ. So you have to use a third party okay. app. So I use one called MiniChat, M-A-N-Y-C-H-A-T. Um, it links to Instagram. Okay. It's completely safe to like use with mini Instagram. Chat. They're partners. And what it does is you create, yes, it's awesome. You create like a... Mm-hmm trigger basically. And so when you post your post and you have this keyword automation and it could be done through DMs too, like anytime someone, I need to actually fix mine because if someone goes and emails me or sends me a DM and it has the word email anywhere in their message, it triggers this automatic response. I'm like, stop it. I'm trying to have a conversation. Um, but essentially like you go in, you post your post, you have this keyword. So you like you say, send, you know, comment below with the word free, I'll mm-hmm. send you my free guide on XYZ. And then when they comment, they get a, a 
DM from Minichat. It looks like a little, you know, text, just like mm-hmm. you would as a, basically as a DM. And it's like, whatever you want it to say, you customize it. So it could be like, hey, I'm so excited for you to check out X, Y, or Z. Click the link below and download your free guide. And then it leads yeah. them to your like, you know, lead magnet. The beauty of that is one, it removes the barrier. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to like do all the clicks to get to your link and bio. And two, it sends it to their DM, which means that oh, they yeah. can keep scrolling. And that is safely tucked away in their mm-hmm. DMs for them to come back to at any time. And so it's a really smart way to get people. And now you've kind of started a DM conversation with them. And it's a really smart way to get people kind of getting onto your email list a little more I easily like than like Many the link links. in bio. I'm doing that for sure today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going there today. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, listen, Kendra, this yes. has been a great show. I have to have you back to talk about email because I have a lot of people who want to know more about email marketing yeah. and how to capture all that great stuff. Best apps, tools to use for email marketing as well. Um, so I have to have you back on the show for that. But before we end the show, I asked my guests this question, each this question, what is some of the best advice you receive from another woman? Ooh, um, yeah. best advice from another woman. So I have some really incredible women in my life, to be honest with you. I am very, very fortunate. And I have one in particular who's really good about kind of not necessarily calling, well, need calling that kind of friend. Things sometimes and she she mm-hmm. told me yeah you do need that friend she told me just recently she was like um you know stop getting so caught up in your own head that you forget to see yourself mm-hmm. the way the rest of the world sees I like you. that um and that one like I mean it brought me to tears when we were having the conversation because she was like I wish you could see yes. yourself the way the rest of us see you and it's really stuck with me. And I'm always like, okay, I need to stop mm-hmm. what's going on up here in my brain, the conversation I'm having within my own head, and just like take the in the world around me as yes. it is and how I am in it. That that um, is real so powerful. That's been I really like that powerful. one. I think a lot of us get so caught up in our head where we're like, Thank you. You write other people see you as this amazing person and you're like, Am I really? I feel like I got a lot of work still I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, that was such yep. great advice. Um, I, listen, you are awesome. I mean, you are so knowledgeable with Instagram. I'm going to be hitting you up with questions. Um, and we're going to get you rescheduled on the show so we can talk Anytime. all about email because it has to happen. Um, I will need to know myself. So thank you so much, Kendra, from coming on, guys. Make sure that. you check out her podcast, Girl Means Business Podcast. It is available wherever you get your podcast from. Um, also, uh, we thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I am Shani Sanders. This is the Girl Take No Podcast. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Girl Take No Podcast. We really hope this episode gets you one step further in your dream of becoming an entrepreneur. If you like this episode, please leave us a review. Once you leave us a review, we will shout you out on our next episode. Now, in order to qualify for the shout out, all you have to do is leave a review, screenshot the review, tag Girl Take No Podcast in your stories, and you will get a shout out in our next episode. Until then, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.